work with corporate clients especially and I can see that they're feeling overwhelmed, what I get them to do is say, right, let's pick a time frame like this week or this month. Okay, so so what, what are the three things you absolutely have to do this week or they'll fire you? Right? Okay. Pretty drastic. <laughs> yeah, get down to it. <laughs> but but the, the thing is, that sharpens the mind. Welcome to the Lead with Purpose podcast, created to help you achieve the success and fulfillment you're seeking, not only in your job, but across all aspects of your life. Each episode will be using the expertise of Rob Cross, founder of The Purposeful Leader and creator of the three questions approach to personal and professional leadership. My name is Louise van der Vestesen, and as the co-host of Lead with Purpose podcast, it is my task to help extract all the helpful insights and practical learnings from Rob, and hopefully ask all the questions you, the listeners, want to know. In this episode, we want to tackle the feeling of being overwhelmed and discuss ways to help alleviate it or channel it. Okay, so now I've introduced ourselves. Um, now let's dive into the topic. Um, hi Rob, do you want to say a quick hello? Hi Louise, um, great to be here and great to be kicking off the Lead With Purpose podcast, exploring all the real topics that, that absolutely impact real people out there. So I'm delighted to be here and delighted to be kicking things off. Okay, great. So let's start off with maybe just talking about spotting the signs of being overwhelmed. Like what should we be looking for? When I work with people, you spot it very quickly that people are feeling overwhelmed, you know, and there's a, there's a range of things that become quite apparent. Number one, people look exhausted. In other words, that they, you know, they're, they're consuming so much energy um, on the stuff that they think that they have to do that they are just exhausted. You know, they're tired, they're fatigued, they're not sleeping, all the usual stuff that happens to us when we're in that state. The, the second thing is that they're, they're clearly... Um, filtering out a lot of the things that might actually potentially help them. And what I mean by that is because um, because they are feeling overwhelmed and the level of energy that they have to focus on the wide range of things confronting them um, is so limited that they start just then filtering out and, and, and stop listening to some of the stuff that might actually help them. And the third, the third thing that I see is what I call um, just sort of classic stress signs, you know, which which is similar to exhaustion, but actually it's a bit deeper than that where you can start to see that the, the individual's level of resilience is starting to get eroded. You know, they're, they're no longer able to bounce back as quickly. You know, they're on this sort of downward spiral of energy and focus where actually they're getting to a place that's becoming unsustainable for them and, and quite frankly, quite unhealthy as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been talking to a lot of people recently and I find everyone seems to feel like overwhelmed and can't take anything else on board at the moment. Why do you think that's happening? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so common. And I think if you, you sort of track back through, through history, you know, whether you go back 10 years, 15 years, all the way back to the financial crisis, that I think that in our generation, you know, the generation of professionals today, the world has changed. You know, the level of uncertainty that we're experiencing is, is got to levels that are that are quite unprecedented for our generation. Um, the level of stress and pressure that we're under is also quite un, un, unprecedented. And so I think what's happened to us, you know, whether that be through the financial crisis, then through to the, the Brexit vote, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and then clearly COVID, which was a massive um, event in all of our lives, 
is that the level of uncertainty that we're living with each and every day has just gone through the roof, you know. Yeah. And, and as human beings, you know, the, the worst psychological state that we can live in is one of uncertainty, where a lot of the research suggests that we much prefer to know that a negative thing's going to happen yeah. than not know whether it's going to happen or not. And so what's, what's happened to us is that this uncertainty has meant that the cognitive load, the, men, the amount of mental energy that we have to expend on just navigating through our lives it is, is also increased to a point where actually we don't have as enough energy to continue making the, some of the decisions that will really help us or to just continue dealing with the, the ongoing level of uncertainty that we're experiencing. And so with that energy starting to, 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 um, to become less, we just feel more and more overwhelmed. Yeah, I can totally feel that. I think it's also like anxiety. Absolutely. And you're yeah. right, it's the uncertainty thing. Yeah. It's made a lot of sense to me all and, of a sudden. And, and I think that's a, it's an interesting point because, you know, I think one of the challenges for us in society is that there is a, there is a difference between anxiety in the clinical sense and feeling anxious. And what yeah. I see as core to the, the sense of feeling overwhelmed is we're constantly anxious. Yeah. We're constantly, you know, think back to COVID, right? You know, you're sitting there wondering what the hell are you going to do what's the right decision when there is no right decision and so you have this underlying level of, of anxiety that's always there that again is consuming energy that could be better directed at other, uh, other, uh, other things. Yeah I so agree it's like constantly you think this is my plan for today but anything could happen today. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> um, in your blog found on the insights page of the purposefulleader.co you say there's three key ways to relieve the feeling of being overwhelmed. Can you explain each one and how they help. Absolutely. So I think number one, um, it's eliminate the noise. And, and, and the thing about our modern society and all of these devices that we have around us all the time is that we are constantly being bombarded by news and information and just noise, you know, the vast majority of which isn't actually helpful to us. You know, these devices that we hold in our hands or on our wrists or you know, um, it, whatever the way that they present themselves in our life, are deliberately designed to consume all of our attention each and every day. You know, and unfortunately, a lot of what's being, a lot of our attention that's being consumed is not on great stuff. It's just on noise. And so, the first thing is, be ruthless in looking at what's consuming your your mental energy and just starting to to cut that out. And so, things like I talk to a lot of people who have stopped listening to the news or stopped watching the news. They've stopped sort of scrolling through social social media just because what they found is what they were being bombarded with all the time was really unhelpful stuff that was yeah. just consuming mental energy. So that's number one, um, eliminate the noise. The, the second one is is be intentional. And this sounds, sounds quite obvious, but actually I think when we're feeling overwhelmed, the amount of mental energy that we have to really focus on the things that are critical to us becomes less. And so, you know, it takes energy to prioritize. And if we don't have enough energy to prioritize, we just try to do everything all of the time. Yeah. And so the more intentional we can be, the, the clearer we can then be about where we direct our energy. You know, what I want to achieve, you know, today, this week, this month, this year. You know, so you're really clear on the critical so things. So you just break everything down. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, when, when I work with corporate clients, especially, and I can see that they're feeling overwhelmed. What I get them to do is say, right, let's pick a time frame like this week or this month. Okay. So, so what, what are the three things you absolutely have to do this week or they'll fire you? Right? Okay. 
pretty drastic. <laughs> yeah, get down to it. <laughs> but but the, the thing is, that sharpens the mind. You know, yeah. the few people that I work with, when I, when I raise this with them, they go, oh, oh, well, it's these three things. Great. Yeah. We've got People it. know, don't they, what they really need to do. Absolutely, yeah. But often, because we're overwhelmed, it becomes more difficult to, to define what they are. So being intentional is number three. And, and this really relates then to the third one, which is value, not volume. You know, and, and again, what I see is a lot of people assuming that their sense of worth comes from trying to do lots of different things as opposed to what are the critical few things that are going to deliver the most value. And that could be the most value both at home and at work. Maybe it might be helpful for the listeners if you could maybe give us an example of a client that you've had and kind of tell us the story and then kind of break it down of how you've helped them and guided them and kind of the end story so it just helps them see the whole process. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, so I tend to work with a, a, a certain range of people, you know, and, and primarily professionals in, in sort of the mid to, to slightly later stage of their career. So you know, they've achieved a lot already in life but then they're finding themselves in this really odd middle place where they've got the classic things of sort of aging parents, young children, sort of lots of life pressure, plus high ambitions, plus a lifestyle they want to sustain, etc. And so when you, when you when I think about feeling overwhelmed, it's not just overwhelmed in the work context, it's life, you know, because they've got so yeah. much going on. And so there was one, one particular leader that I was, um, I was dealing with and, and when I met them, um, yeah, the, the reason I got brought in is because actually something had happened with them where they were performing really well and then things started going off a cliff and, and there were questions being asked about their performance and their capability and all the, the usual things that go with that. And my role was to see if I could help them get back on track, which is quite classic. Um, in terms of this individual, they were just fundamentally overwhelmed. They had all of the, the, the same characteristics as what I've described. You know, lots of life pressure that they were trying to satisfy a life that was really critical to them and their family and, and all the things that all of us sort of cherish and make us who we are. But at the same time, <clears throat> um, in a work context, they were overwhelmed because there was lots of change and uncertainty as we talked about going on in their, in their organisation. And all of that just overwhelmed them to the point where they, they lost focus, they stopped prioritising, they stopped being really clear about what they were trying to achieve. And, and so the, the first step was you know, to, to the three things, eliminate the noise, be intentional and value, um, not volume. We just went through that process with them. And, um, and the first thing that I did is I just helped them strip back anything that was um, non-value adding that was getting in their way. And that meant, that meant looking quite simply at their to-do list, the full volume of things that they felt committed that they needed to do and getting really ruthless about what was actually going to create real value and what was not. Then actually who could they start to rely on more effectively because one of the other characteristics of professionals getting overwhelmed is they stop utilising the people around them. They, they start assuming that they've just got to do it all themselves and so they don't delegate well, they don't you know, use other resources, they don't rely on other people. So looking at all of that, help them get back to the core of what are the critical things that will drive value and then how do they better utilise the people around them to get really focused. And what was really interesting for them is that whilst my focus was primarily around the professional side of their lives, they then started applying the same techniques to the personal side and then started to get really focused on the things that were going to drive the most value for them in terms of that connection with their loved ones, etc. And, and they stopped saying yes to a lot of things. You know, they started getting back to the core things that were really going to help them stay focused and, and energised and make the greatest impact. And, and whilst all that sounds really simple and you sort of look at it thinking, well, why couldn't they have done that themselves? 
when somebody's overwhelmed, they lose perspective. Yeah, you know, I think that's, that's the key point, isn't it? You're just in it and the moment and you're just pushing yourself forward and you don't absolutely. see the wood for the trees kind of saying. Yeah, absolutely. So classic. Is there any other ways to... I know you've got the three key ways of doing it and maybe people are already trying to do those things is there anything else any other ways that people can try and ease this overwhelm yeah so I think that recognizing when it's happening you know so I, I talk to people we, we talked about feeling anxious yeah know? I talk to people about using um, emotions or feelings like feeling anxious or scared or worried as a signpost not treating it as emotion and what I mean by that is is, is when we when we treat these things as a signpost, we go, hang on, something's up right here. I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, yeah. you know. And so when we recognise it, we can do something about it. And so the number one thing is recognise when you're starting to get off. Yeah, have up. that little flag for yourself that you're like, okay, this is, this is me spiralling here. That's right. So, something's not working, what is it? You yeah. And, and when you recognise that, then actually give yourself a break and give yourself an opportunity to refocus. What, unfortunately, what help happens when a lot of people get overwhelmed, they allow that emotion, that feeling to get the better of them. And they think, if I just run faster, I can get myself out of it. But what they do is they run faster by taking on more stuff, doing yeah. more volume, rather than actually going, you know what, let's stop. Let's step off the hamster wheel for a little moment and just go, hang on, am I doing the right things? Am I focusing my energy in the right way? Am I being intentional? Am I focused on value, not volume? And when they do that, actually, you know, we take ourselves out of that environment and just gives up and give ourselves a circuit breaker, we can then refocus on the most critical things. The, the other, other final thing that I think really helps people, and this is sort of bound up in the entire piece, is focus on your resilience. And, and one of my frustrations about... Um, a lot of development work that's out there is we use terms like resilience all the time without really getting to the core of what it means. And so my sense is resilience is our ability to stay focused and energised no matter what's thrown at us. You know, and, and resilience isn't static. It fluctuates like a roller coaster. You know, sometimes we're highly resilient because we're on top of the world and we're feeling great and something might come our way and we just brush it off. Other times, actually, our resilience might be quite low. Feeling a bit more sensitive to things and it breaks you down. Absolutely. And, and all of a sudden, that same instance knocks us off our feet and, you know, and, and we have to yeah, get that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And so when I think about resilience, and, and if you're able to create that circuit breaker, the two things to focus on is what I call self-care and self-talk. And self-care is actually, am I, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, am I doing the things that help manage this organism in the most effective way and keep like you as an individual absolutely sleep diet exercise you know the number of people when they're overwhelmed the good habits go out the window yeah. they don't have time for the gym absolutely they start people. eating garbage etc etc and so so the organism that's there our body our mind is also not being supported to operate at its best so self-care is critical um the second thing then is self-talk is starting to catch yourself about the stories that you're holding on to. You know, what's the story that you're telling about your current situation, and and actually, is there a better way of interpreting that and and, um, and helping yourself through a different story? You know, I, I meet a lot of people who are overwhelmed, and the story that we talk holding on to would be, oh, "I'm really failing here." Or, you know, certain things aren't going right, you know, I know... And they believe in this kind of narrative they've created. Absolutely, which just adds to the spiral. So 
create the circuit breaker or recognize when something's going wrong, create the circuit breaker and then refocus yourself is, is the key. Can you rely on others to maybe help you like loved ones or, you know, a work colleague that you're very close with that knows when you're really, you know, seemingly overwhelmed? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, you mean like some type of intervention. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think it's a great idea because I, I think there's a flip to that. Actually, can we support other people when we see it as well? You know, yeah, and that's answer, a very good point. And the answer is, the answer is absolutely. I, I mean... You know, we all know we're with our families. Our families are usually the place where we sort of get to be our more natural selves because you know because of the work environment. But I think the more we can rely on other people to help us know that when when we're not being the best version of ourselves, absolutely we should. I think fundamentally though, it comes down to individual individual responsibility. You know, and back to this, the feeling, the emotion as a signpost. When you know something's not right, that's when you should be giving yourself that circuit breaker you should be stepping out. So absolutely, we can support each other as best we can with that. But, you know, ultimately comes down to the individual, yourself, and knowing when something's not right, that you should be taking some action. In my head, all of a sudden, I'm thinking I should put, like, a little note in the diary, like, every, you know, Monday evening, I should just ask myself how I personally <laughs> feel. <laughs> and it might just help. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I, I mean, we... we it's, I see I see people do and use different habits, you know, and, and and what's a really useful habit is to give yourself that moment, you yeah. know, to be deliberate. And so if I talk about myself, before I start every day, I'm really clear about what I want to achieve that day. And I know how that fits into that week, that month, etc. And that's not having some type of um, really excessive goal-driven life where I'm just racing after goals all the time. I'm just really intentional with my time. And you're being realistic. Absolutely. But it's it's an intentional habit. And so each day I just pause and say, actually, what's critical for me to achieve this day? And I know other people have similar habits and, and they build it into their way of working. So whether it's you know, stop every Monday and ask yourself yeah. that question. Um, Definitely not on a Sunday because that would be a little bit like the world is caving in on a right. Sunday night. I just need to get through to Monday morning. <laughs> But, but, you know, whatever works for you. And, and the thing is, build it into a habit. Because when it becomes a habit, then you just instinctively rely on it. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, like, just looking at myself and when I feel overwhelmed. And it definitely comes from choosing to take on too much. I am, like, the ultimate yes person. My yeah. children joke, like, can we have a yes day? But generally... It is every, every day. Every day is a yes day, <laughs> as long as it's not outrageously expensive. Yeah. But what what can I do to try and just stop this constant, you know, yesing of things? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do a variety of work with people who would describe themselves as um, as, as people pleasers, you know, which is fundamental. That's me, all. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think the... The starting point again comes down to this piece about being conscious. You know, why are you saying yes? So I'm a natural people pleaser. You know, hence why I do this type of work. Yeah. And and I find myself just saying yes to lots of things. And there are moments where I go, hang on, Rob, why are you saying yes to that? Do you really <laughs> need to be the person that does that? Are you taking you know in the classic sense the monkey off their back and putting their monkey onto yeah, your back? Yeah, so true. Could they be doing that for themselves? is a better solution here to offer some advice to, oh, have you thought about doing that rather than you taking it off them? I think number one is being conscious of when you're saying yes and actually whether you should be saying yes or not. And I would hazard a guess 
that when you're saying yes, there's a little twinge in you that says, why I, I am I saying this? I know it's there. I know it's there, but I can't stop myself, but I must. Absolutely. And, 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 and the thing for me around this type of scenario is, is when you're being asked to do something or there's an opportunity for you to volunteer yourself to go and do it, just take a pause yeah. and reflect and say, actually, should I really? Or if I don't say anything here, you know, is that moment just going to go on and they'll figure out a, a way to solve it themselves? Yeah. You know, children included. The quiet option. <laughs> the quiet option, that's right. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Cover your mouth, yeah. Um, okay, so we've got a question from a follower looking for advice. They want to know um, how they can start being really clear on what they want. They're kind of a little bit all over the place and they just want some focus. So what would you say to them? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that um, yeah, the, the whole concept behind the purposeful leader is this concept of being purposeful. You know, and that's not necessarily just about uh, having a deeper sense of purpose for your life and in your life, but it's also being purposeful in terms of where you invest your time and energy. If, if we come back to this topic of being overwhelmed, I think that the, the common characteristic for why people get there is they're not really clear on what's important to them, what they really want to achieve, what's, you know, what's most critical for them, what's going to add the greatest value in whatever aspect of their life. And so the consequence of that is what they do is they say yes to everything or they yeah. try to take on lots of different stuff, assuming that it will either distract them from the sort of difficult question about well, what is really important to you because actually that is a tough question or by doing lots of stuff it will f- provide that sense of fulfillment that, that they're ultimately seeking and so for me it, it comes back to just pausing and saying okay so let me look across each of the aspects of my life you know classically personal professional is a simple way to to break it down and then you can create sort of further breakdowns within the personal you know the types of roles that you play etc etc and go okay so within each of those roles each of those segments what is most critical to me what's really really important to me what am i hoping to achieve what does success and fulfillment mean to me in each of those what does it mean to me you know as rob cross as a father as a as a husband, as a friend, as a brother, as a sister, as a son, etc. on the personal side. What does it mean to me, in, in for me, running my own business, for, but for other people in terms of you know, working in an organisation? You know, am I looking for the next promotion? Am I looking for a bigger role? Am I looking to deliver on these particular projects in a particular way, etc.? And, and when we get back to that sort of level of segmentation and being really clear about what you're hoping to achieve in each of those segments or each of those roles, whatever you would call it, you start to go, actually, I know what's really important to me. And if the things I'm being asked to do or the stuff that's coming my way doesn't fit into that what's most important to me, then actually I need to be really clear about why I would do it because it's just not truly not a priority to me. So I suppose, you know, people must start pushing back on things you know, one thing I find is my brother, I'm now giving him this example, he's such a perfectionist that he will reread an email three times before he sends it, but probably like 10 times, you know, they're all perfect. And then one time it might have a mistake or something. It's just pulling things back and then focusing on the yeah. Most important. One, one of my favourite books and one of my most recommended books to people, in fact, I often give it to clients that I'm working with, is a book called It's Not How Good You Are, It's How Good You Want To Be by Paul Arden. It's this lovely, very simple little book in there 
um, that, that's so quick, quick and easy to read. And in it, um, there's a quote that says, why strive for perfection when mediocrity will do? Yeah. And it's a lovely, lovely thing that I use with people because so many people are striving for this artificial sense of perfection. It's just unachievable. Yeah. When, and, and it's not the fact that you're really then dropping down to mediocrity. It's saying, actually, you keep striving for 150%, you know, over perfect, when actually 100% will do. So ease back and just think, well, what's what's good enough here, recognising that you're good enough is actually going to be pretty pretty good anyway. Uh, and so for me, when I see people who are caught in that perfection trap, just get them to start to build habits where they ease it back, ease it back and say, actually, what would be 100% here, 100% outcome yeah. versus 120, 130? Oh, that makes sense. Do we feel like we've covered anything? Is there any topics that I haven't asked you about or any areas? Yeah, I mean... I think it's been a good conversation, so thank you. <laughs> I guess if I was to summarise a lot of this, I mean, for me, in the environment that we're operating in the modern world today, I don't, unfortunately, I say this, I don't think that the level of uncertainty or challenges that we're going to face is going to reduce. You know, I think we're going to live this roller coaster for, for a lot longer. And, and I, I, in my book... Um, I talk about megatrends of technology, geopolitics and climate change. And, and if you look at what's happening in the world, we've got all three happening yeah. right now. You know, I mean, the latest stuff on AI is, is both fascinating and frightening in equal measure. And that yeah, will absolutely disrupt us. And so for me, you know, to assume that the world becomes more stable, more easy to navigate, I, I think is not a particularly healthy assumption for us to hold on to. And so the more we can recognise that that will drive us to a point of feeling overwhelmed, the more effective we can be at actually setting ourselves up to be more effective in this environment. And so, you know, again, all the techniques I talked about, about really just being conscious about how you can eliminate noise because there is going to be more and more noise coming. How you can be really intentional with where you spend your time and energy against the definition of what's most important to you. And then how you can really focus your time, energy and effort on value, not volume, I think is critical. Because, you know, I think the risk is what we're going to do is we're just going to keep taking on more and more stuff and actually forget what's most important to us and then lose our impact as we go. So that would be my... Those three things. Say them again for us, Rob. (laughs) Absolutely. Eliminate the noise, be intentional and focus on value, not volume. Okay, perfect. I think that seems like the right place to stop. Um, So it seems feeling overwhelmed really does affect us all and having coping tools such as Rob's three ways there to tap into can really help alleviate the stress and pressure. If you, the listeners, feel like you could use further support to navigate your personal journey, why not take advantage of a free call with Rob? He really does have the extraordinary uh, skill of finding the root cause issue very quickly and it could really make a massive step change in your life. Just to give an idea to the listeners, Rob, do you have an occasion where you could share when a quick call has made a massive difference to someone? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, and, and I'm very fortunate in terms of how I work that I get to speak to lots of people all the time, you know, and, and I'm always quite happy to support people in the simple, simplest of ways. I, I had a call with somebody recently who um, had a really difficult scenario where, again, they were feeling overwhelmed. They'd stumbled onto a call where people were basically talking about them in a very derogatory way. You know, and within half an hour, what I was able to do, 
it just helped that person take a different interpretation of what was going on, lean into the conversation with those individuals yeah. and actually recognise that what she had heard from them, what was causing her to feel overwhelmed, was, um, was not, not actually a problem, it was a gift. Because how often do you get to hear the real feedback real that you feel, need to... Yeah. Absolutely. And within half an hour, it was just this simple conversation getting her to refocus. And she, she'd actually um, contacted me uh, a week after we'd spoken and said, listen, I had the meeting with the people and they were deeply mortified about <laughs> her, her hearing what they said. Uh, and, um, and actually, a few people came back to me and said it was that, that secondary meeting was the best meeting they've ever had because now all of a sudden they've got a clear path of working together. Yeah, it's honest. Absolutely. She went from being, feeling incredibly overwhelmed and very emotional to then really focused in terms of how taking, she was going to go. Taking forward. control of the situation. Absolutely. Okay, so it's very easy to organise a call. All you have to do is send a quick email to rob at purposefulleader.co. So all that's left to say is thank you for listening. We truly hope this podcast has been helpful or insightful. Please like and share the podcast and look out for more episodes coming soon. If you want to know more about The Purposeful Leader, check out our page on LinkedIn for the latest blogs, videos and insights. Thanks for listening. Bye.